Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You know, ever since I started the show, I've uh, I've gotten questions all the time about who to bet on, who do I bet with. Obviously, we're a sports podcast, but I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where you should bet. And I think you should know this by now. I've listened to the show. The answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, their endless props, their fantasy sports wagers, there's something there for everybody. Uh, the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. So we're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag. Use promo code SHARKS, S-H-A-R-K-S, the new code, guys. So make a note of that when creating your account and claim your 50% uh, bonus. So if you're laying down $100, that means you got an extra $50 to play with now. Uh, it's a great deal, guys. I know I've talked in past ads about all the different stuff on there. From you know Game of Thrones, esports, obviously NBA playoffs are going on, NHL playoffs. Uh, so check all that stuff out. So just remember, head on over to my bookie, m y b o o k i e dot a g. Promo code Sharks. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. All right, so I got another sponsor to talk to you about this uh, this week, guys. Um, our newest friends from SeatGeek. Uh, let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping for dozens of different online sites trying to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals for your favorite game, concert, show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot means good deals, and a red dot, not so good. So go over to SeatGeek, use promo code ACAA at checkout, receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. So what are you waiting for? Uh, Again, that's promo code ACAA, $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, we have the tickets. All right, guys, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your semi-weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Got my co-host, John Stefanczyk, here with me. It is a beautiful Sunday morning, June 16th. A little, um, I don't know, we haven't done this in a while, John. Uh, uh, this is, we, kinda, we used to do this in the beginning. I remember one of our very earliest episodes was a morning episode. So uh, back to basics here. Um, it was a busy week trying to find a time and this is what whatever goes. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah, we're not we're not so big on um formalities and strict schedules, you know, that's okay. Um well, this is officially over, so Yeah, there's no sports until September. Is that is it the end of August? We're in September it doesn't really matter. Until the Memphis game. Thirty first. Thirty first, okay. This is the opener. That answers my question. The high noon. Watch all the good rebels melt the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to not be there. The Liberty Bowl is an interesting experience. I've talked about it before on the show, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, McDermott sending uh, videos of whatever uh, comes out of that. That'll be good. I'm looking forward to watching that game on TV. Definitely not. Would not be looking forward to being there because. Last time I was there, the only time I've been to a game there, when uh, Memphis Beetle missed in the Liberty Bowl, first of all, the Memphis fans were loving it, and uh, it was very hot, and it was, it's kind of a dump of a stadium. They did sell beer, which was something that you know we can talk about, but a lot of SEC stadiums apparently will be selling beer this season, not Ole yeah. Miss, not Mississippi State, from what I've read. Um, so that was one one thing in the plus column. But then uh, I think the, probably the funniest was when we were leaving, like in the fourth quarter, like we were just like, no, we're not going to stay and, and watch what we know is happening right now. Uh, there were like there was there were like state fans tailgating outside the stadium that were like heckling us. That was very funny. That was that was very that, funny. As Memphis and state as it gets, right there. Yeah, they were grinding hard that day. Um, so cool, good stuff. Uh, something to look forward to there, John. The question is, what are we going to do for the next 
two months here? You know, I feel like that's, all, that's always the question. Yeah, because football, this football season's not anything to hype up, get get excited by. I well, mean, it'll be, it'll, I think it's interesting. We talked about this a little bit before the show, but it's, it's definitely interesting like, wait and see. Wait and see, yeah. But until that starts, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording here about this uh, this rash of new commits that Ole Miss fans are hyping up for Matt Luke. Um, it, you know, it's, you can you might see things like Ole Miss just grabbed the best player in Arkansas, et cetera. So it's like a three star offensive tackle. I mean, great. Rather have him than not have him, I suppose. Maybe it'll turn out to be the next. Uh, I don't know what's who was a three star that was a really good lineman. Um, who was a good three star lineman? Mm. Well, Justin Bell was okay once they finally put him at center. Justin Bell is a great guy, a friend of the show. He used to work out at my gym in Ridgeland. John I, Rawlings is pretty good as a three star. Yeah, that's lineman. no, that's true. He was a three star, right? So maybe he's an ex Sean Rawlings. Uh, we we definitely support Sean Rawlings on this show. Um. But, you know, whatever, who knows? It's it's hard to you can't really get that excited about a class full of three star grinders because if they're gonna be SEC contributors, it's gonna be three years from now or four years from now when they've uh Evan, gone, gone through Paul Jackson. I mean, maybe they're all Evan Ingram, some random three star that jumps in and Yeah, I don't know if you can if that's really like statistically possible to have a class full of like three stars that were underrated. I mean, that would be impressive if they pulled that off, but I I don't know. Whatever. Um, I'm definitely more interested to see the product on the field this year. Like, you know, what are these two new coordinators going to bring like schematically? Um, you know, I, I, obviously offense is like fun to watch. We're old Miss fans. We watched Hugh Freeze's team. You know, we're like offensively minded rich rod. Let's see what his offense looks like, but I'm really interested to see Mike McIntyre. Like how does him taking over at coordinator, stack up against uh you know what we've seen just for the set the past several years of dumpster fire we've been watching uh since uh since dave womack left but really even at the end of his tenure as well it wasn't wasn't great so you know it's going to be a lot of the same players it's not like a huge influx of talent they've lost some key guys i'm interested to see like you know what is coaching really like impart on a defensive unit. That's that's going to be something I'm watching closely. Uh, how much of a visible difference are we going to be able to right. see? Right, I really don't know. I have no idea. Really good question. Mm-hmm. And I expect it'll probably be something where if he is having a tangible impact, if his coaching U- is... U.S. should have just scored a goal. I don't know if you were on Fox. Hmm. Yeah, well, my new podcast setup, I don't have a TV. Maybe I need to get a TV in here. You're not a patriot? No, I, uh, well, no, but I, I shouldn't say anything because you do all the heavy lifting when it comes to editing the podcast and everything. I just sit in my chair and <laughs> what does that have to do with watching the USA women's soccer team though? That seems like an, I've got my TV in front of me. Yeah. So I can well, it's whatever. okay. I mean, it's not like, it's not like we have like a very complicated setup going on over here, but, uh, yeah. Wait, so who, who are they playing today? Let's just go ahead. We're we have... in Chile and game two of group F. So. Are we talking about the the women's World Cup or is this World Cup? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. We've, we're the only nation that's won this thing three times. I'm, mm-hmm. This could be a discussion topic in a, in a bit. Is sure. Well, we've kind of hit this before. Sometimes. Why are we? I mean, we're like one of, if not the best, women's national team, but our men's team is just. Well, I think we have talked about this before, right? And it's kind of like a. It has to do with how women's sports are treated everywhere else versus here, right? It's all about resources. I mean, this is the same. We really see this in every sport in the entire world. You know, it's a it's a fa- it's a factor of your resources times your population into a specific sport, right? So, like the United States is really good at football because they have what like a top five, top ten population in the world. A lot of them are able to play, and they by far put the most effort and resources into it. Whereas other countries that love soccer. Right, they have uh, even smaller populations in the U.S., but they have much better teams because, again, there's that side of the equation. How much kids are playing soccer growing up? How much resources are going into these like academy teams and they're scouting all over the world and bringing kids in? All of that stuff 
that's where they went on that side of the equation. So I think in women's sports, you see the same thing, right? In the U.S., women's soccer is much bigger than anywhere else in the world, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I guess it speaks to – be interesting to – how – is Title IX really unique in its – um, from an I'd say from a gender equality is the U.S. like the most one of the most advanced countries in this sense. I mean, it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna see have Title Nine. I'm, I'm googling this, but I I, I definitely <laughs> think even if even if other countries have things they've instituted, I'm sure Title Nine has been around the longest, and that has a huge impact. Um, let's see. Uh, but is I mean, it's interesting. Title Nine is is just a very interesting. Um, kind of impact in sports in general because I, I people I think still, still don't really understand a lot of the time like the the wide reaching effects of Title IX at like the colleges that they watch for instance like if you look at take Ole Miss for an example you know why does Ole Miss have a women's soccer team that competes in the NCAA uh, but the men's team is a club team you know why does Ole Miss have women's rifle team. Um, yeah. stuff like that. And the answer is always division one football because you're looking at what a hundred scholarships, give or take maybe a few more, right? You're looking at 120 scholarships. Um, and those all have to be offset by scholarships for women's sports. Um, <clears throat> this is kind of a sidebar, but I've said it before, I think, but I wish Ole Miss had a women gymnastics team because a lot of SC schools do. And it's really gymnastics. It's fun. It's fun to watch. And they, they play it on SEC network. That would be cool. You know, if the new athletic director, whoever it is, wants to invest in some new sport that I think that would be a cool idea. And then, you know, you could use those scholarships to offset if you wanted to do a, a men's soccer team or something. So I don't know food for thought, but yeah, title nine, I think is um very interesting. And I do wonder, I I'm sure that has a big impact on us uh, women's soccer, like internationally, but I think it starts before that too. I think it starts with, you know, like G, like kids soccer and it goes on from there and high school teams, all that kind of stuff. I just, I think we probably have a lot more of an infrastructure for that than pretty much any other country from what I can tell. Is the women's national team the biggest and the most predominant female, uh, female sports team in the U S I'm trying to think of who'd be bigger and I really can't. I mean, yeah, the the only thing that would be is, you know, every two or four years when you get some Olympics, some iconic Olympians, but the women's national team, we, I mean, nationally gets attention every four years with the world cup. No, I think, no, I think, I think like in some years, like Sean Johnson, Gabby Douglas, like those people I think are even more cross cutting culturally uh, during the Olympics only. Um, I would agree. I think they probably peak higher, but you'll but right. the but they're only going to go one, maybe two Olympics. Right, right. Do you well, remember? Um, do you remember a few years ago? I don't know, maybe two Olympics ago, like the that iconic like women's beach volleyball duo, like Walsh. Yeah, I want to say Misty Bay and Carrie Walsh. Yeah, that was they were fun to watch. Yeah, um, they were they were around like four or five Olympics. They were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with, I mean, yeah, I'd, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think you could, you could debate it either way. The women's national team has a huge following, and I mean, what do you make of this debate going on? I mean, I'm inclined to agree with the the team themselves that it's kind of ridiculous that they can be at the peak of their sport, they can be so loved within the country, they can win all these World Cups, and still like the men's team, which is fairly mediocre, is making more money. Um, but people argue the opposite, you know, people say, well, you know, it's about competitive landscape and men's soccer, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I mean, nationalized sports in general are just kind of an interesting thing. Like, how do you determine what to pay those people? I have no idea. Um, I guess, I mean, it seems like right now it must be like market determinate, but yeah, I mean, the women's soccer team in their sport is to me, you can't say they're not better than the men's soccer team in their sport, right? I mean, they're clearly better. So do you pay for championships? I mean, what do you like? What do you? Yeah, I don't. I do not understand how like the national teams are paid at all. Yeah, I, I, I assume it has to do with like market rate for pro players, but I have no idea. Um, whatever. All this to say, pretend put yourself in the shoes of a, an Arkansas fan, Arkansas baseball fan, an Omaha, and you're turning on this podcast. You want to hear like some grade A 
crying from Ole Miss fans, so sad that they lost to the epic Dave Van Horn. Nineteen years of Bianco. This is just another and year. Uh, and and what are they talking about in the beginning of the podcast? They're talking about Title Nine, women's yeah. soccer. Talking about Matt Luke and three star recruits. Mentioned getting the best recruit from Arkansas. That's pretty funny to imagine. Um, yes, that did happen since we last recorded. Let's see, we recorded uh, a few days out from the Fayetteville Super Regional. That was very fun. Awesome time in Fayetteville, just like always. I will say, if you're an Arkansas fan listening to this, uh, you're probably extra salty because you did just lose yesterday 1-0 to, uh, to FSU. So. Yeah, congratulations to the Omahawks for Michigan would have been your opponent in the winner's bracket. They can't. <laughs> Run. And you can't beat FSU in the now, first Now, to be game. fair, now to be fair, that ballpark is stupid. It's too yeah. big. The wind blows. It, it, they're not playing. They don't play baseball in Omaha. I don't know what it is. They play small ball. Looks like a baseball field. There's people in the same positions. Mm. But they do not play baseball in Omaha. The women's game, 12th goal for the U.S. women. Another good So what's the score now? 2-0? That's one nothing. Oh, one nothing. Okay, right. You said that. Well, Chile, Chile is probably a little better than Thailand. I was going to say, yeah. Now, do you want to get your thoughts totally, on that Thailand? I totally game? think some French FIFA refs are going to screw us somewhere, like in the semis or the finals. I just hmm. absolutely feel like that's going to happen here. Who are the? Although, who, I, although we're playing in Paris today, I figured they would have stuck us in like the whatever the smallest stadium is. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna just gonna, gonna be all over the place because if you've never listened to the show before, that's we don't really care. We'll do that. But so what do you? I mean, uh, who are our biggest competitors in the in the women's World Cup this year? Like, who actually has a shot other than the United States? Let's, let's Google what the France, women's France right? France is good. Uh, England is is decent, right? You would think France hosting, and then the men just won the men the right, title. Right. Okay, this is the prime Landsharks After Dark doing a little Googling on the air. Well, FIFA Women's Soccer ranking. So, you know, the Fayetteville Super Regional is I've mostly forgotten about it because... Mercifully, a- yeah. Uh, Germany's the second ranked, huh? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So England, France, Canada. All right. There we go. Yeah. So we have... Um, so they got blown out of game one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and what I said back. after that game was, as long as they don't go zero and two, I'll be happy. So I have to at this point say I'm happy because they turned yeah, it around. Yeah, they a little came bit. back. They won a. Let's see. They came. Let's they see, won like thirteen to five. Fly ball game two, then hit a homer in the bottom of the first. They mm-hmm. came back and it was there for a while. Roth had to kind of shut it down in the sixth. Nikhazy gave them competed through five innings. Yeah, Nikhazy gave up like five runs, but he did a good job. It was, it pretty, was I mean, they won game two pretty handedly. Yeah, it was, everything was, everything was up in there going into game three. Yeah. So then game three comes along. They score a run in the top of the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoglin gets through the first, uh, They've got the starter on the ropes. Arkansas pulls them. They get out of it. It's one nothing, and then Hoglin gets shelled in the bottom of the second, and then it's off, and yeah, they're off and running. And now, what I just hung him out there for so long. It was like uh, obvious it wasn't working. He probably, and, and to be fair, I mean, Austin Miller, God bless him, he got shelled. Caracy got hammered. Uh-huh. They really didn't have enough bullpen if we're going to have a real conversation well, it's about bullpen the- and then it's also they never i mean like hoagland I, I hope he turns out to be amazing later on but he was never hold on <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me oh i got the coffee sneezes he was never um really going to give you enough against a team like arkansas to make that bullpen depth work like i think it was twofold it was you could have used a couple more bullpen guys and you could have used a, a sunday starter that had a chance to go five i mean to be yeah, that's fair. I mean, Mike with like top pick pitchers before has always typically they've always had a bullpen role and then they warp into a starter. I think Rollison was right. You're right. Yeah, that way down to Casey was an exception. So this let's year. hope. Let's hope that doesn't uh, kind of well. Even a Casey started in the bullpen this year, but let's let's hope that that doesn't mean that he's kind of ruined Hoagland by not following that traditional. Uh, route I don't know. So Bobby Wall was treated that way. I think Pomeranz was treated that way. I mean, but 
And I would love to hear thoughts of someone that's sort of an expert on this. But to me, it seems like if Hoagland's going to be successful, he's going to he's going to have to live on the corner. He's going to have to use that control. I mean, if you remember Hoagland out of high school, the big accolade was that he didn't walk anyone his senior year. Obviously, he was very good with the location. It gets a little dicier in the SEC. You know, if you always keep it in the zone, you're going to get barreled up, which is what happened to him a lot this year. Um, but maybe, maybe if he could, he could develop more of a strikeout pitch and then tick up a mile per hour or two on the velocity and get that location down. I mean, he's, he's obviously has all the potential in the world. He was a first round draft pick. Um, I, I don't seems see like a good kid. Year. I mean, if he came back, if he was like an all SEC pitcher next year, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. He obviously got a ton of experience this year. Yeah. Yeah. But so. yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't happening. The, the game three was a blowout, you know, Arkansas then fans got, were crowing. Then it got ugly. I don't understand why they changed the lineup. I know they've been doing this lefty yeah. thing all year, but no, that was, I, it was, it was very extreme. Jersey. Like moved Olenek up to the two hole or something. It was made While no sense to me. hit two. Kessinger's a righty two. two. Just leave two him in holes. the two hole. Uh, that yikes. was, I mean, that was peak Bianco. Let's yeah. take yeah. the guy that's been just unconscious the whole SEC season yep. and, and move him. Move him down, and he and Olenek came up in a big spot, and you wished it was Cashinger, et cetera. It was, uh, yeah, that was that was rough, but whatever. I mean, let's get a let, let's get a status report. How are you feeling about the the Bianco era at Ole Miss continuing on? He made a super. That's what we said. That's what people said, right? He's got to make a super to keep his job. Well, he made a super. He won one game in Fayetteville. I mean, Mike, where's that? Where does that leave us? He did the bare minimum. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, well, Mike runs. I mean, he's going to pretty much have a steady top 15, you know, program year over year. I mean, regular season-wise, he's everything you could really ask for. Yeah, yeah, that's Post true. Season, it's just always been, you know, he's always been a couple wins short. I'd say the that's one true. regular season knock, if you're going to play, you know, every angle of the job, is that he's currently getting owned by his in-state rival pretty hard. Yeah, that's... You know, we could make a lot of that, or we couldn't. It's it's definitely true. Um, getting owned by state is tough because most, you know, if you're comparing against Vandy and other schools, you have this. You know, there's always the scholarship angle, but states in the same boat you are. So, mm-hmm. and it, it's not really like they're competing. Usually, it seems like that much with state for recruits, but still, there's something about for just for the psyche of your program. It seems like at least being able to hold your own against your rival in the same division as you, in the same state as you. I don't uh, think the program it's a big – I think it's the – Well, no, I, what I'm trying to say is I think I think baseball is a lot about confidence. It's a lot about swagger. I don't think it would be bad for your team mentally to not feel like they got owned by that team in the same position as them. That's all I'm saying, but I don't know. I think the player, the players turn over enough to where that's true. And, and but and I don't know. I, it, maybe the fan base then. Maybe the maybe the fan base would would feel better if that was going he on. Jake Mangum know. kicked Ole Miss's ass, but you know, in two yeah. years, what did he, Miss- he finished what like ten and two against Ole Miss or something insane like that? Something, just some gaudy number. Yeah. Some gaudy. I mean, he I mean, he definitely had their number. And then what they got? Um, we were talking about this earlier. They got to play Auburn today. I mean, the state could very easily win a national championship in two weeks. Yeah. Well, that's the. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, like Monday at noon. I was saying, I was sitting here going, "Shoot, you've got FSU is game one, Michigan and Texas Tech. Like, it's laid out there. Bianco uh-huh. was thirty-seven and twenty-five, I think, against Arkansas against uh-huh. Van, not against, against Van, Van Horn, Horn yeah. career. I mean. You know, Mike's been a. I mean, Mike's been a thorn for Arkansas in the same way like State's been a thorn for him. Well, and Van Horn exercised that demon when he when he blew him out in Game Three. Yep, and then but no, and there. I mean, those teams, the two teams played eight times this year and went four and four. But yeah, I mean, they were that, some of the best games of the season for sure. But John, just circling back, if you remember what I said months ago. I said that Arkansas gave that that series away in Fayetteville. That game three, they walked like twelve people or something. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying that's that that really you saw Arkansas play in their best in that last game, and it was way too much for Ole Miss. Yeah. 
And when they need, I mean, when they needed to rise up, they rose up. And I mean, to give Arkansas props, not not Arkansas fans, but the actual program, they replaced a huge amount of their roster that played for national championship last year, and they're still a, a very good baseball team. So it's it's impressive. Van Horn's got them rolling. Um, they do, I believe, Arkansas does have some of that where they give, and Austin Miller can let us know when he hears this, but I believe. They have some of those programs where, like, the surrounding states, like Texas, Louisiana, you, have, you can uh, get in-state 20, tuition, 20, right? Yeah, 24 higher ACT, you get in-state Right, so that's – so And that opens you up to Texas. Right, Louisiana. if you're new to the show, that is um, a big factor when it comes to building baseball programs. Uh, to, not to belabor the point because we talked about it so much before, but you only get uh, – what is it, 12.9 scholarships, something like that? Seven and eleven point seven on a roster, so everybody on averaged out has less than a half, half scholarship. scholarship. Yeah, and so anybody on your roster or your larger like non travel roster that's available at some point in the season that you can get into school either with their family paying for part of their school or they get like that for example where their ACT is enough for them to automatically qualify for a scholarship available to all the students. That is kind of a way that. SEC coaches and coaches across the country um, build around that 11.7. Then you can kind of save those scholarships uh, to go out and recruit, you know, someone from across the country or someone that, you know, is an elite prospect that doesn't, doesn't really have any sort of an academic future, but is going to play in the pros, stuff like that. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, props, props to Van Horn. I don't necessarily like the guy. I don't dislike him that much. I mean, there are definitely baseball coaches. I, I like less. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think they, they definitely whooped Ole Miss fair and square in that third game. Um, I, I, I don't know. I didn't listen, but I saw red cup getting into it with some Arkansas fans on Twitter. Apparently they were complaining about the, the strike zone and stuff. I mean, when you lose the way Ole Miss lost, I don't think you can really blame the umps. Uh, that's just, I don't know. That's kind of sour. Well, all this, I mean, we could, we could talk about that. They didn't have enough bullpen. That's what it comes down to in my mind. Yeah, and I think I think they they could have they needed another like I mean really Miller was to, good. They had to replace the whole rotation. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah they they needed they needed someone. So you remember early in the year when Connor Green was so good in middle relief, they needed him to to be that all year, and that way yeah. you could have saved Miller. You yep. you could have you could have um, just had had games go later without having to go to your top guys. Uh, that's really, I feel like what they were lacking. And then again, I think, um, Hoagland not being able to go deep against good teams is another handicap in your bullpen. So it is what it is. The offense was very interesting throughout the year, some ups and downs. They really figured it out at the end. Again, not sure why, once you got it figured out with, uh, Dillard, Kessinger, Keenan, Zabowski, you would change that up, but whatever, um, you know, it, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. Next year will be interesting. We're not going to talk about it right now, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Obviously, Keenan is back um, to kind of anchor the top of your order. They re- they have a good recruiting class coming in. Apparently, you know, they got this stud catcher coming from JUCO. Apparently, don't know if he's going to bat in the top of the lineup or what. Um, you have some pieces coming back. Obviously, Kevin Graham, who I've been very high on. Uh, I would assume would be your everyday first baseman. He played good defense at first. He needs to get a little better uh, against left-handed pitchers, but still, he was very good for a freshman. Ten home runs, nothing to sniff at. Yeah, Keenum at the corners. You got Servideo at short. Yep, and then uh, second base, maybe Bench can play second base. So we've got some experience this year. Some JUCO catcher. Mike always puts a catcher out there. Yeah, I think that they'll, I'm sure they'll be fine there. You know, I, I really hope that Josh Hall can hit because he's electric. I love that kid. Uh, hopefully, he can play in center field. You know, I, like I'll I will go to my grave defend the, the fact that Josh Hall had maybe the biggest hit of the season in Baton Rouge. The two outs. I mean, the the two run single in the uh, in extra innings. It was just massive. Like he was he was batting because he had pinch run and, and it was a defensive yeah. substitution and we didn't have anybody else to bat for him. Um so that that kind of experience I hope can carry over and if Josh Hall can hit and play center field and be your leadoff hitter with the way he steals bases, that that would be electric. Um interesting development yesterday, John. You see the tweet I sent apparently 
Uh, not sure if this has been resolved yet, but apparently A&M offered Mike Clement the uh, the batting coach job. I mean, hell, that would be a, another win-win. Yeah. Do, do we have some sort of an insider at A&M that's just helping us offload our baggage, whether it's Bjork or Mike hey, Clement? We'll, th- we'll throw in uh... – We'll throw in Mike Thompson for free. Oh, absolutely. That's a that's a buy one get one right there. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Mike Clement is an interesting case because the offense was fine this year, but it was also year three of these guys that were supposed to be so good coming out of high school. So it's kind of like what they were supposed to do. And then you add in the fact that you had so many. I mean, there's two ways to look at it, right? Because there's that thing where you say you know, make, make the defense in college, make a play at home plate. You run, you run home to see if they can make the throw, but it just seemed like more often than not, way more often than not, he was getting guys turned out at home plate by six feet. You know, I feel like sometimes you have to exercise a little bit of restraint there, given the game situation. I don't know. Um, I thought his third base coaching was suspect at times, but who knows? You know, I don't think a lot of Ole Miss fans are going to be crying if, if Mike Clement is gone, similar to how I don't think a lot of people were crying when Ross Bjork went to A&M. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, who's who, you, gonna, you want to make a prediction, John? Who's going to – Who? okay, the two sides of the bracket. Who are you putting in the championship series? Uh, uh, Arkansas and who and who else is 0-1? And Tech. Arkansas and Tech, arguably the strongest two teams on that side of the bracket are both 0-1. That's, a, that's all we got right now. Uh, Vandy mm-hmm. and the other side's interesting because mm-hmm. I mean Michigan and FSU seem to have Michigan's very hot right now. It would seem two two nothing US. We're gonna smoke chili and soccer things we never plan on doing. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Florida State makes it just because it feels like there's some Mike Martin. Oh, that's interesting. That, I yeah. mean, yeah, beating beating Isaiah Campbell one nothing is a good start to your Omaha run for sure. They got past that. Shoot, I will say Michigan stays hot, gets to the championship, but on the other side, it's definitely either Vandy or State. I'm going to pick Vandy just because that would be easier to bear. Also, <clears throat> I am a Vandy fan, so um, yeah, that's what yeah. That's you don't get a do. choice; you have to pick Vandy. Yeah, Angie's in the other room. If Angie wants to come in, I'm sure she's listening to this in between uh, reading Twitter. If she wants to come in and make a prediction, she's more than welcome. I already told her that. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll get some feedback after the show's over. How many strikeouts is Rockers kid going to have? Oh, man, get- that was, that was a, such a sick game, wasn't it? We were watching that. That It was a 19 strikeout, no hitter. Incredible. The the MLB how, record's how like 16. How did give up 18 runs to Duke? That was the weirdest game in this uh, post. It's baseball. I mean, when they were when it was 10-5 in the 7th or 8th, they, uh, they stopped – using pitchers i mean that's it's it's all the game within the game <clears throat> they were saving them for the next two and, and it worked out uh and really in the end it wasn't even a high stress game three they they won by a lot it beat the crap out of the next two games it yeah because just... because the, they were the better team so it goes speaking of yep. duke this, here's a little aside uh we were hosting Xiao Shen Liu uh, at her apartment a few days ago. If you ever met her uh, at the front house or anything, she went to high school with us. She went to Duke. She was telling us about how when she was a freshman, they camped out for basketball tickets for like two months. She slept in a tent every night for like two months. Isn't that insane at Duke? Two months? Yeah. Yeah. And she said, so she said that every night at like 3 a.m., they would ring a bell, and everybody in your tent would have to come out and show their ID to prove they were really sleeping there. Isn't that insane? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Holy shit! I know that, and this is like wow. So, pretty cool, pretty little interesting aside there. Um, I I was not aware that, that was going on. I'm sure a lot of college basketball fans know this is a tradition at Duke, but damn, that is a dedication. No shit. Here, Edgy, you gonna come make a statement on Omaha? I hear staring over here. No, you're coming? Okay, she's coming. All right, what do you want to tell the people about Omaha? Did you hear our predictions? I didn't hear the predictions. Hi, Land Sharks After Dark. Okay. Uh, hmm. So for Omaha, I guess on the Vandy side of the bracket, I really think State has a good team, and I'm most scared to play them. Okay. So as much as I want Vandy to win, I'd say maybe State has the advantage. Why do they have the advantage, On that though? side. I think they have a really... Like Ethan Small, JT Jin. I think they have a great like one two mm-hmm. starting pitcher. 
uh, I mean, depending on how Drake Fellows pitches for Randy, uh-huh. if he has a really good game, then, you know, Randy could win. But, but how do you think Randy matches up with Ginn? It's, uh, it's State, Randy, uh, and Gate in the 1 0 game, right? So it's, ro- yeah. it's Rocker uh, against the number so two. Yeah, I think Randy's got the advantage in that. So. Sorry, y'all are both talking about Angie can't hear you, John, because I'm wearing the headphones. <laughs> But uh, oh, yeah, so John was saying game two would be JT Gim versus Kumar Rocker. I think Rocker's yeah. the better pitcher there probably, right? Don't you think, Angie? I know, but he came off such a huge game. It's just hard to... Right. Emotional letdown potentially. Yeah, I think there it'd be hard for him to replicate that kind of performance. Okay, do you want to pick anybody from the other side? I think I said Michigan. John said... Uh, uh, I forgot John said. He said FSU maybe if they got it. I feel like Michigan is very hot right now. Uh-huh. They've had a lot of really impressive wins. Hmm. Out of Tech tech and Arkansas, I think Arkansas might win that one. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas has the depth maybe to come back out of the loser's bracket. Mm-hmm. So I don't and know. you said, would Isaiah Campbell be pitching that well, game? Well, Isaiah Campbell lost to FSU okay. yesterday, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, that's uh, that's your take from the most informed baseball fan we're going to have on yes. the show. Go Doors. Yeah, anchor down. Thank you, Angie. All right, so that was my fiance. Uh, a little background for the listeners out there. She's um, personal friends with Tim Corbin. Uh, she went to school with, you know, the, was it Carson Wentz? Uh, is that, is that say it right? No, I didn't say it right. Carson Fulmer. Carson Wentz is the quarterback. Sorry. Carson Fulmer, Walker Bueller, uh, Dansby Swanson, all those guys were in college when she was there. So she's, uh, you know, she's, she's a better baseball fan. I'd say than anybody I know at Ole Miss. So, uh, good luck to the doors. Um, definitely who I will be cheering for. And I mean, I think if you're an SEC fan, you know, why not cheer for Vanderbilt? I'd say Vanderbilt or Auburn are probably the two programs that are at least offensive out of the four that made it. But, you know, maybe people like Arkansas. I don't know. State can't imagine, cannot imagine. No. So that's your, that's your Omaha update. Um, John, I know you were watching the hockey games. Do you want to talk about that? If anybody has any questions on the power of the Bruins curse, when you uh, go get your ass beat in your own building in game seven, that's about as ugly as it gets. It's almost like, you know, losing a football game, uh, giving up a fourth and 25, which is the origin <laughs> yeah. curse. So, so just letting them know. I'm, I've been debating all morning whether I want to institute a new curse. Okay. You want to you, you just put a curse on somebody's head. Who are you thinking? Well, so some Chicago banking firm bought Whataburger, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. the end of Texas as far as I'm concerned. It's pretty rough. People here are taking it in a, in a bad way. It, it's just – it's a debacle. There's really no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. So it's Chicago Bay. Same people. These people also bought the Wrigley Building, so I've been thinking about cursing the Cubs. You know. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, d- does this supersede the existing curse? Like, or was that lifted when they when they well, won they the World won, Series? Well, they won, so I think the Billy Goat was lifted. but maybe they haven't they won to... since, but, yeah, it's only been a few years. But I don't know. I'm probably going to hold. But if the Cubs never win again, it's because they Chicago it's because private them. equity. Private equity curse, uh, it's classic. I mean, you would know better than anybody. Exactly. I mean, that's yeah. just mm-hmm. – that's a pure de- – that's so screwed up at many levels. So I did, I did, I did think this. You know, if you're uh, the Mississippi angle here, that I always, the, what I fall back on is um, the Newcomb family started a, a, a few big restaurant chains. McAllister's and Nukes, the biggest among them, both have now <laughs> sold to private equity. Nukes is still pretty quality. I, I think it probably was a little better before it sold, but McAllister's, uh, the McAllister's of old, the the one that I ate at growing up that was owned by the Newcombs compared to the private equity version is just it's just complete trash. So, yep. um, good luck to Whataburger. Don't, don't know how that's going to turn out, um, but generally, oh. I think it's not a great idea, not a great feeling when a, a chain that you love sells to private equity. Yeah. But hey, good for the family. I'm sure they made buku bucks. I don't think it's been reported. I was trying to find out what the sell. Yeah, it's was. been very quiet with the sell. Price so I'm sure it was a shitload of money. Um, yeah. So the Bruins are cursed. I watched a little bit of that game. John Stevens was in town for one night for work. We had it the on. Bruins lost. I mean, it's interesting. The Bruins went seven and six at home in the playoffs and lost and made it to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Interesting stat. That's pretty insane. So. Uh, here's an aside. I still have these FIFA World Cup rankings open. What is the cutoff for making this tournament? Or how many teams are in the, the group stages? 
Well, we're an F, so I think they're up to 32 now. It used to it's be, be more, right? Because Chile is 39 in the world rankings. Well, you don't, it's not based off world ranking. They have the whole. Oh, qualifying. they have the, the qualifying games. Okay. I would okay. assume they have a qualifying system. Well, I thought I just assumed that these rankings have points and shit. I assumed this had to do. But, with the yeah, you could, but I mean, like I think Egypt was ranked number eleven like eight years ago and lost, uh, mm. and didn't even qualify or something. Okay. So well, I'll try to find a bracket then. Okay. Harley Lloyd score again. It's like three nothing. It's pretty much. Yeah. Julie Ertz, Zach Ertz's wife scored, so it's now oh, three I nothing. Zach Ertz's wife was a. Uh... On the team, that's cool. It's wife instead of sister. One <laughs> of those two? Okay. Um, gonna confirm this. Cool. So, what do you See think ya. about uh, what do you think about the the way that they um, kind of de- demolished Thailand, thirteen zero or whatever, with what one or two goals scored in the extra time? You got to play. You got to mentally play the whole game. Well, and also right. differential is a part of it, right? So you know, for maybe. Uh, for group stage, yeah. Now eleven versus thirty. Uh, you know, that's that's true. I mean, if you ever if something happened and I mean, it's it. it's uh, extremely unlikely, but say it does happen, you would never forget think, that. There actually is a valid reason to do. It. I didn't even think about it. I I think you play, you play the whole way to uh, yeah. That was uh that was rough. That was rough to watch. You know, feel yeah. bad for Thailand. So Kurtz's wife. He's been granted leave from camp to watch his wife in the World Cup. I mean, nice. Thank God he can leave camp in June. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, wow, if Zach Kurtz isn't in camp in June, that's uh, that's Zach Kurtz. He needs that June camp to get ready to play. I know. Like I know. Um. Yeah, I mean Thailand. They're not as it's not as big of a country as I was thinking. Sixty nine million people. Um, you know, still a, still a sizable country, but would you do you do you think what which country? So rank these three countries in population, will you, John? Philippines, Vietnam, and Thailand. Biggest. Uh, who has the most? Yeah, most total population. I would say I would go Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines. Wow. So you're you're still there. so it's Philippines have 104 million people. Vietnam has 95. Thailand has 69. Um, so Philippines. Just, Forty more million people. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah, thirty-five million. So that is interesting. Um, I did not. I, I didn't realize Vietnam had ninety-five million people. That's a pretty big country. That doesn't shock me. Maybe I, I'm probably well. I probably would have guessed fifty or sixty. This is trivia, and you'll probably guess it because of the part of the world we're in. But do you uh, do you know what the largest Muslim country in the world is? Oh shit! I'd probably get this wrong. Uh, this is some good trivia. You can pull this one out at a bar or something. People. Oh, is it, uh, is it Indonesia? It is Indonesia. Yeah, two hundred sixty-four million people. That's that's a great one to stump people with because they're always going to say something in the Middle East. Um, Indonesia has a full uh, fifty-five million more people than Brazil. That's on this on a little island. It's pretty insane. I would. I would like to go to Indonesia. It sounds interesting. I wonder how many good three-star recruits they have from that league to go get. Yeah, I know. We need to, we need to start recruiting Indonesia. I, I'm surprised. Free, uh, oh, I should, I, I, never mind. We're not going to go down that road. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I could see where that was going. Yeah, I figured that one out. We can we get a can we get a prediction again? We're jumping around. It's, it's... hey hey hey. How long before uh, Robert Kraft hires Hugh Freeze? Yeah, Is... no, I think there's a there's a natural <laughs> fit there. It's like it's like hand and glove. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> So I think uh, I, I we are jumping around here. Can I get a prediction for for Hugh Freeze's first season at Liberty? Just get any any ideas how that's going to go? Don't know what the schedule's like. I have no idea what their schedule is or what the roster is, but he goes nine and three. He goes nine and three. All right, I love it. And he probably loses the three to the actual teams they play. If he had to, wow! If he went nine and three in his first year back, don't like the guy, but I got to say he's probably on his way up again. That's impressive. That 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 would be impressive. Yeah. He'll never stop the Twitter stuff, though. Yeah, no, he's he's insane. He's still DMing old Miss. Like he DMs Scott Ray for tweeting about him. Like I mean, he's, he's an insane person. So you want to hear this? You want to hear this schedule? The SEC's blackballed him. Well, let's spend a second on this. I mean, what else? I'm trying to think about? of where, where would he go coach? And I, I guess ACC. He goes somewhere a- like a, go to go to Boston College. No, BC is not too hard nosed. Okay, how about he goes to um, where's the place that? Uh, Ooh, oh, where was Bo Pelini at? Was he at Wisconsin? Nebraska. Nebraska. No, he's no, not going to go there. Who I, am I trying I to think of? Say, I'm trying to think of some like little brother type team in a big conference that'll do whatever to try to get a leg up. 
this is not there's all like NC states yeah, would be yep. absolutely they still have the guy that that Bjork didn't hire they do right Doran yeah somebody some mid tier ACC schools where I would say freeze yeah absolutely and then he can make a run at the division or something and then he loses in some heartbreaking fashion he could, maybe this is really getting out there I mean. He could be like a coordinator in the ACC, and then if somebody gets fired, he and they have to interim. I mean, then mm-hmm. you know, he kind of like how Orgeron became the LSU coach. Yeah, yeah. I I could see. That, I think he he's at Liberty for two years. If they do well, I think he jumps back to the Power Five. Don't know where. It's it, it, would he leave Liberty to take a coordinator job in a Power Five? I don't know if he would. I don't know if he would. Also, would. why not? Why is why wouldn't he be the coach at Louisville? After Petrino, right? That seems yeah, like a fit to me. That would. All right, yeah. so let's go. Let's go through Liberty's schedule real briefly. Syracuse, that's a loss. The Louisiana Lafayette, that's a swing game for them, I would say. Buffalo is winnable. Hampton, I assume they win. New Mexico, they probably win. New Mexico State, uh, Maine, Rutgers, UMass, BYU. Why they play BYU? That's a funny matchup right there. Liberty versus BYU. The just the the identities of those schools, plus the fact that Hugh Freeze is in it. They play Virginia, and what? What is they play New Mexico State twice? What is this? What is this shit? Can you explain that to me, John? That can't possibly be right. Well, it's on Google. Let me look up New Mexico State's football schedule. Whatever. He's gonna get a chance to beat some notable teams. Maybe they go like seven and five, but they beat, yeah. But still, know, they have a chance to win one. That's gonna no. So it's on New Mexico State's schedule too. They play Liberty twice. What the hell is going on with this? I understand that. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. So they're doing. Maybe they're doing a home and away with with New Mexico State in the same season. That's, that's some, pretty. That's some Jerry Falwell shit. Um. All right. So that's there's another little sidebar for you. Um. Let's see. We have not talked about the NBA Finals. Yeah, it took us a while to get there. We're we're we're, <laughs> we're not optimizing this for for viewership. That's Hell for no. sure. Well, I mean, that would be stupid if we were doing that because it's not going to happen either way. So let's not even try. Um, the the Warriors dynasty officially dead. Um, I don't. In its current form, yes. It depends on kind of. I'm going to make this too complicated. Do you think they rebuild you, around around Steph? Is that what you I see? They, potential? I think they they have Steph, Draymond. If I, even though Thompson tore his knee, I would resign him. That's your three guys. And build a team around that, and I think that group could go win a title again in the next five years. Yeah, if they all stayed healthy, and they, you know, you get you get Clay and Steph both super hot again. Yeah, I mean, a, an ACL isn't a huge injury in basketball, right? It's probably worse for like a, a football player. Is that correct? Uh, like, a, I get- like a running back or a cornerback, where you need pure speed. I mean, okay, so I guess what I'm thinking is the ACL is less of a big deal. Than KD's Achilles, that's correct. Right? KD, the, the Durant injury and what it, you know, what it mean. I mean, what it means for the league. What, is he ever going to be the same player? Right. It has all kinds of implications. I would, if I were kind of a middle of the road team, let's say, well, if I were the Knicks, I would give KD a max deal and just take a flyer on it and say. Yeah, you get how many? Was that four years? Uh, how many years are they? Yeah, so you're going to get three years. You get it next next year, and you and you can already kind of intentionally throw next year to right to try to get a draft pick uh, for him. Yeah, because he's going to be out next year. I would look at doing that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Hell, if I were sure. if I were like the Memphis Grizzlies, I would look at signing KD. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting free agency for a, a guy that has to sit out the next year, but it becomes a long-term strategic play. Uh, speaking of long-term strategic plays or not so much, uh, AD trade. Pelicans get three first-round draft picks. They already have number one overall, Zion Williamson, this year. They also get Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. Is that right? Not Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Is that his name? What's his name? No, I think it's Brandon Ingram. Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, that's his name. Um, so a lot of people are saying that the the Lakers overpaid for Anthony Davis. Where do, where do you stand on this? Um, I don't think it matters because they've got LeBron. 
Oh, they didn't, I, I misspoke. I don't think they gave Kuzma. They kept Kuzma. They gave Josh Hart. Excuse me. Correction. Continue. It's an all-in move to win next year, which I think really is probably their only play. Yeah. So it's it's they're, they're auctioning their future for the present. I guess one thing that I think would make sense about this is if anybody is going to be able to get those veterans on the minimum deal, like what Boogie and in, in uh, Golden State this year, it's going to be LeBron, and, and people wanted to play with him and maybe won a title. So maybe they can fill in the gaps around AD and LeBron that way somewhat. Yeah, I mean. At the same time, though, the Lakers' front office is kind of like in shambles right now. Yeah, the Lakers, mess organization-wise, I I don't know how much LeBron really have left, but he basically kind of is able to rest this uh-huh. uh Get some rest and then come back, and he and AD can try to go win a title. I don't think they're the favorite. Not the favorite, but they're. I mean, they're probably. Well, I mean, who is who is the favorite in the West now? Um, it's a damn good question. It becomes interesting, though. I mean, I know here, living in Houston, a lot of Rockets fans were happy to see the Warriors dynasty fall, but the Rockets have to figure out some stuff too because Chris Paul, I don't think, is going to be there next year. No, uh, Harden's got actually win in the postseason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is actually a really good question. The West is definitely more interesting. With uh, I don't wide open. I mean, I don't look at Portland or Denver and automatically elevate one of them. No, although they're good. I mean, those should be those, those are all should be contenders. I'd say the Lakers Not are up there. First. Yeah. Um. If the Clippers went and signed Kawhi, they'd oh become... yeah, the the Clippers could, are definitely a dark horse to emerge now. They they were yeah, they could actually sneak into the top four of the West. And if you're, I like it. Got. I like it. Yeah. So I um, mean, it's it's kind of like with the Raptors winning. I think everyone that wasn't a Warriors fan was happy about that, and I think this is the reason why because when you see dynasties lose or get broken up, it makes the whole rest of the league more interesting. Every other team becomes more interesting. So. Yeah, I don't. If the Mavs can get one player, I feel like the Mavs can do something next year. If they can yeah. get one piece to go with, they got Porzingis. Some, they got some pieces. Yeah. yeah no, I was excited uh, when they when they got Porzingis. Although I don't know, I don't know about Porzingis as just like a person, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting. We got a long basketball offseason coming up. I think Katie's free agency is one of the most interesting ones, but. You know, all the big-name free agents, you mentioned Kawhi. It's, it's going to be very interesting. Um, the, uh, in the East, I guess, if Kawhi stays with Toronto, they could either they could try good, to yeah. win it the year. Yeah. Uh, what do the Sixers do? Does Toronto, do they have Gasol for how long do they have Gasol for? What do the Celtics do? The Celtics, I feel like, are just kind of stag- the Buc- stagnant. Uh, the Bucks can tool. I don't know. It could be. It's Kyrie. Kyrie's going to leave the Celtics, right? Oh yeah. He, he's like, he? Oh yeah. He didn't. He didn't exercise the player option, right? So where is he going to end up? Uh, Brooklyn is if you listen Ooh, to Bill. That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Boston. Kyrie is not welcome into the Garden wearing Celtic uniform anymore. Yikes! That sounds not he's good. A- um. Yeah, so that's, there's some there's some storylines there in the NBA offseason. Let's see active sports that are going on. We talked we talked a little bit of MLB before the show. We make a point to, after all this free agency stuff plays out to predict the NBA season, just because there's going to be sure. a lot of a lot of movement. We should try to predict all sixteen play, sixteen playoff teams. Shit, that would be Shit, that'd be crazy. We're NBA podcast now. I mean, I'll give them I'll give them my best. Hopefully, I won't confuse the. I mean, we're a like more pro basketball. Yeah. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, we're basketball pod now. We're gonna change our name. Um, yeah, that's at least any time I'm getting depressed thinking about Bianco and Matt Luke programs. I just have to remind myself we still have uh, Kermit Davis leading one competent program at the school. Are you are you frustrated that Bianco is gonna be back at all? No. Uh, well, I'm not. I, I I'm not because what can you really do? What I mean, like you have to be realistic outside of, you know, what Wesson was advocating, like he should just he should just voluntarily retire. Like that's really the only way you get rid of a coach that just won their regional. You know he made one point one million bucks. Do you think that's a lot? I, I would I didn't realize he was making north of a million. I mean for a baseball coach, yes. For the longest tenured coach in the SEC in any sport, I mean it makes sense. I mean 
they sell enough tickets and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, that it's, I'm not saying he's overpaid. I just that it's one I, of the only baseball programs in the country that doesn't lose money. Yeah. So, I mean, that it's alone big, is interesting. Big marketing piece for uh, for the university. It's one of the. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the, and Ole Miss is, is so much about marketing itself to out of state students, out of state families. They kind of need that year round presence that basketball and baseball bring when especially when football is mediocre at best i think you need that game day atmosphere to keep getting those and oxford the town needs it to keep getting those parents and out-of-state people coming it's a big need for both the uh, it it would be a risk and also i mean obviously keith carter is the ad right now so who knows you know what kind of actual hiring firing power he would have but it's a big risk i i feel like to replace bianco yeah maybe cliff godwin is 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 a fairly is a fairly safe would be a fairly safe option to go because he has history with old miss he's done very well east carolina in the regular season but outside of that i think um it would be a little risky but hey, I mean, we talked about state. We talked about state being on the same footing. They've had four coaches in four years. Their attendance has still stayed good. So maybe it's it would it would be fine regardless. Who knows? Um, let's see. Oh, so I was saying we talked a little bit about MLB um, report from the field. We did attend our first game uh, at Minute Maid Park on Tuesday. Saw the Astros. It was great. Saw the Astros pummel the Brewers. Um, kind of got the best of both worlds. We saw like five Astros home runs, uh, and also got to see Christian Yelich uh, just dominate. Hit like a home run, a double, a single in his first three at bats. Um, that guy's really exciting to watch. Um, but it, this Astros team right now is kind of fascinating because they're missing all their star power, uh, and they're still top of the division, one of the best. Who, who are they? I haven't paid much attention. So, so Altuve, Altuve's been out since May. Springer's been out since late May, um, and Correa's out. So they're doing like right now, like Bregman's playing shortstop sometimes. Um, Tony Kemp's everyday second baseman right now with Altuve's long-term injury. Um, they just brought up Jordan Alvarez, who's DHing. He's kind of their exciting rookie right now. I think he has three home runs in his first five games, something like that. Um, and then uh, like they have some no-name guys out there, like. Tyler White and there's in, in center field with Springer out there playing like Jake Marisnik. Um, you know, I think the game we went to Reddick was like leading off because they're, they're so depleted. Um, and so they're, they're losing some, they've lost a couple of head scratchers or, or just close games. You know, a couple nights ago, they lost uh, an extra innings, I think to the blue Jays who are having a very bad season, but still, I mean, they're, they're very, very good. Uh, and when those guys get back, I think they're, they're probably the favorite, at least in the AL to go back to the world series. So exciting time to live in a city with a, with a contender for sure. I'm going to try to get to some more games this summer. Absolutely. One that I have circled. Don't know if it'll work out, but I I think early July, like July 3rd or something like that around the holiday, they're hosting the angels really want to see Shohei Otani in action. So, um, yeah. And trout, of course, but Otani is like a very interesting prospect to me. Obviously he's not pitching right now, but still just, a Japanese power hitter is a, it's intriguing. Um, yep. <clears throat> so yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Question. Um, go ahead. Which team has the highest run differential in baseball right now? I'm going to say highest run differential in baseball. Since you're asking, it's obviously not a team I would expect. Correct. Astros are number two at plus one fourteen. This Who might be weird, but I have a weird feeling about this. It's, is it a Florida team? It is not. Okay. All right. For some reason, I was thinking there was a Florida team. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So you're thinking, you're thinking of the Rays, and they are fourth. Okay. All right. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Um, highest run differential. It's not the Dodgers, is it? They are third at 110, the highest in the National League. Okay. So, so it, it is. Is it a team in the Midwest? Yes. It is the Cardinals. No. Oh, damn. It's not the Cubs. It's not the Cubs. The Minnesota Twins. Oh, I was about to. I was gonna. I was gonna back into it. I was all over that division. All right. Yeah. So they're they're uh, they're having a they're having an exciting season, right? They're forty seven and twenty two. Apparently. Yeah, it's pretty so. sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's see. I'm gonna pull up their roster because I I did watch a game of theirs part of it the other day. Let's see. Let's see who they're running out there every day, and then it'll make a lot more sense. The Dodgers are a mile ahead of everybody in the National League. The American League is more interesting. You've got Yankees, Twins, Astros, 
Tampa, and then Boston, Texas. Those are kind of the six vying for five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so th- this this makes a lot of sense looking at. So the Twins have put together kind of a lot of guys from a lot of other teams. Like, you know, they got Marwin Gonzalez, who was a big part of the Astros when they won. They got Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano. Um, I did know, so Brian Buxton is like a is like a very exciting player, uh, very fast. Um, Rosario is a good hitter, Max Kepler. So yeah, Nelson Cruz is their DH. So yeah, this this makes sense to me. I see this. They got some good pitchers. Yeah, I like it. I just got to watch some more Twins games. Um, let's see. Yeah, so interesting, interesting. What else? Uh, what else you gonna talk about this week, John? Let's see. We covered. We we barely talked about the super regional, but I don't know. We talked about it plenty. We talked about it in Omaha. I think we did our our duty. Matt Luke's signing a bunch of dudes. I mean, mm. football. Let's see what what it looks like on the field. Are they showing progress? Yeah, we've talked about those first couple of games ad nauseum. Mm. We'll talk about them more as as we get closer for sure. Um, oh, we didn't talk about the. Uh, I don't think we've seen we've discussed since they had the thirty nine person chancellor committee announced. No, I know this is one of your um, one of your big issues, huh? I mean, why in the world? When I, if I'm an active student, why do I need to have to wait until September 5th to tell Greg Alston what my opinion is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, is it Brady Bramlett? Someone, there was somebody else on there too, right? I mean, it is a – it's just laughable. Yeah, well, the it's it, the pace of this chancellor search is um, it, it, It's obviously confusing. being manipulated behind the scenes. When, you would think, when, yeah. In 2022 during the – second year of the Biden or Bernie or whoever the hell, you know, mm-hmm. Trump or whatever, you know, whoever's <laughs> in charge. And they get they, a new I, chancellor. When they finally pick a chancellor, we can figure out what was going We can maybe, maybe the IHL is such a black box as we've discussed on the show in the past. Um, they, yeah, that whole process is just laughable. Would they set like a, a fall date for a meeting to discuss a meeting or something like there's just there's no progress happening september 5th is getting initial feedback yeah awesome. it's great, great. It, i don't and all this just to hire like some some political lackey again like the next vitter pretty awesome. much very um, cool so do you think they have a chancellor in place by the end of the year um if september 5th is a i i would doubt it but maybe maybe i, I don't see it but it, the only way they do is that they already have their guy picked out, and this is more, you know, just just dressing window dressing is what I was trying to say. I mean, other than that, I I don't if the, if it's truly wide open right now, I don't see how it would happen before the end of the year. But don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's again just uh, yeah. Reminder it's not that, open, yeah. but we'll have to see where this all. Yeah. Well, we we will see. Plenty of time, obviously, to keep following that. Um. All right, John. Well, you said it was going to be rainy up there. We didn't get a weather report today, but maybe you get a break in the rain. You go outside, enjoy your Sunday a little bit. If not, was there is there golf on today? Yeah, it puts the final round of the U.S. Open. That's what I thought. Where's that? Where's that taking place this year? They're playing Pebble Beach this year. Oh, Real yeah, cool. beautiful. Uh, leaderboard. Who's who's at the top? Uh, Gary Woodland, an American, leads by a shot over Justin Rose, and then Brooks Kepp is in third. There you go. Uh, shot, uh, another shot back. He's five back. So it's a pretty good leaderboard. Okay. All right. Well, something something to do with the rest of your Sunday. Um, glad we were able to knock this out. Maybe moving forward, we could do this on Sundays more often. Don't know. We'll just see how it works with our schedule. Uh, it is nice in the summertime because there's no real, like, News to discuss so we can get the week knocked out on Sunday and then go about our, our work weeks. Yeah. Kind of works well with football season. So Yeah, it can work for football as well. It just depends how busy we are on the on the weekends, but uh this could this could work. So we'll see. Um again if you're if you made it this far, thank you for listening to the show. Uh we appreciate it. Couldn't uh couldn't do it without you or we could, it just wouldn't make much sense to do it. Um, yeah, you've heard all the plugs before. Really, if you like the show, the best thing you can do for us is give a five-star rating on iTunes, uh, leave a review, and uh, tell a friend. Uh, I know people that have gotten their father-in-laws listening to the show, other things like that. Just expand the uh, 
the land sharks after dark universe a little bit we would appreciate that for sure but uh really it's just uh something we something we do for fun something we enjoy doing a good time for me and john to hang out and catch up uh good time for me to calibrate you know what sports stuff i'm going to talk about at work or whatever get a little little background info sort of way in the vault so um thanks for talking to me john it was a good show um yeah thanks to all of you guys for listening for john i'm justin we'll talk to you again next week Papa was a